Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Higher Learning is on. It is I, Van Lathan Jr. And it's me, Rachel Lindsay. Rachel's coming, from the, she's coming from the closet today. Uh, because I'm being selfless. Brian is podcasting at the same time as me. I let him have the normal spot, and I came upstairs. Interesting. That's interesting. Why, uh, why? Do I not come across as a selfless person? No, no, no. It has nothing to do with you. You're very selfless. Uh, but I think that in that situation, I got to go ahead and be honest about my, my friend, Bry Guy, that he should have done his podcast in the closet and let you spread your wings. Doesn't as the man of the relationship, the man of the house, shouldn't he be the one to do his podcast in the closet? I would agree if this was, but this is my closet. He can't do it. He would have to come in here and then it wouldn't look right. Oh, so he has like a, wait. It he has look, his own closet. So his closet isn't as spacious as yours. No, he doesn't need as much room. I know, because all he has in his closet is like ab rollers and like, <laughs> you know. He actually really does have those. See? I know. I know. <laughs> I watch his TikToks. Hey, Three to hey, it's me, bright like big ass smile, big ass smile, like uh, impossibly big smile. Hey, three tips for you to get fit. Okay, so First you better tip. stop now. What? <laughs> well, I'm listening to his shit. I like that shit. I look, I like that shit, man. I got up this morning. I'm working out. You know, I'm, I'm doing my you. thing. So it's, but I like it. Brian is Brian is an inspiration because like we're like the same age, but like yeah. he's like half the body fat. So I'm like, look, it can be done right there. I said, we still got time. Um, so you're in the closet. You have a lot of clothes. In the closet. You have a lot of clothes. I have a few. You have a few. Now, what's your theory or your belief about repeating outfits? How do you feel about it? I do it all the time. Hmm. I repeat. I, I probably wear the same clothes over and over again. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of clothes that don't get worn. Yeah. But I'm kind of a hoarder when it comes to it's hard for me to let go of clothes. Right. Right. I used to like do, I'll think I'll need it at some point. So I actually coined something about wearing clothes over again because I used to do it all the time because I didn't have many clothes. Uh, I wouldn't buy that many clothes. I don't like shopping like that. So I don't either, actually. While my friends like Ian and Gino and Ryan and all the player proof, they love to go shop and wear clothes and do all kinds of wear like fancy rings and all that. Is the player proof crew pretty boys? Hell That's what it yeah. sounds like. Oh my God. I mean, I've met I've met Ian. He's pretty. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> One of my friends, Trey, shout out to Trey. Uh Trey wants cut a pair of jeans up. And then took a pair, a piece of the jean that he cut up and fashioned it into a bracelet to put around his watch. So he took, a, so he cut a pair of jeans, got the material, and then put the jean material through his watch and made like a fly little denim watch band for his, his watch. And it, it, like he did that. He did I that to it. be different, fashion forward. But these guys would be like, uh, you know, we go to Club Nightlife and Baton Rouge Club Upscale, Baton Rouge Club Dreams, play a perfect 10 parties down there in Baton Rouge. Shout out TJ. We go to those parties and Mike um, and like they would get new stuff to wear to the party. Not me. Mm-hmm. I would do what I call wearing a raw repeat. A raw repeat. That doesn't I, even sound nice. I called it a raw ass repeat. 
They'd be like, Van, <laughs> what you gonna wear? Like, what you gonna wear to the club tonight? You gonna like do this? Nah, bro. I'm gonna bring in a raw ass repeat of the second week of the month. And they would just laugh. Cause it, like, I would come back with the same shit. And nobody cared. We in the I was club. I gonna say, did it hold you back? Did Hell it hold you back? No. We yeah. in the club is dark. I can't remember nobody saying, now I will be, I will admit, there are probably people on campus going, y'all notice that van with that same gray shirt <laughs> and them black pants every time we go out. But I never heard it. So it's like a raw repeat. Bring yourself a raw repeat. Where do you do your repeats at? Will you do a repeat to an event where you're going to be photographed? Probably not. Mm. If I'm on like a red carpet, no. if I'm working the red carpet, yes. Mm-hmm. If I'm walking the red carpet, no. But a lot of times that stuff is gifted. So you give it back. Wow. Whoa. You give back the stuff that people gift you? Well, like, you know, like a stylist will have you, you wear it on the, the red carpet and then you have to give it back to the showroom. Really? Hmm. Yeah. I don't know these things. These are the things I don't do. People gift me stuff. It's all to have. They, they... I should I should word it differently. Yes. Gifting you keep. But like when I'm styled for something, mm-hmm. usually you give that back. You give it back to the showroom. They take what, it back. What if what if you really like it and you don't want to give it back? What, what would it be awkward if you ask them, "Can you keep it?" Have you ever done that? Uh, no, it's not. I don't know if I've done it, but it's not awkward. They'll just simply tell you, "No, no, I can't. I have to. I have to return it back." You've done it before. You've asked. No, before? I haven't asked. We got to ask. This is what we're gonna do. Higher I learning mean, special mission. We're gonna do a hidden camera situation of you asking whether or not you can keep this stuff and i want to see how they react who's going to tell rachel Lindsay i mean now? i've i mean kalika <laughs> Kal- what kalika did kalika st- has styled me twice yeah but i didn't ask her i didn't ask her i didn't ask her but i knew that those i couldn't keep them i'd have to pay for them she might let you have it that would be I so funny ask. that would be so funny Van, do you know that Rachel asked me if she could keep... We should do it with her. Rachel asked me if she could keep this stuff. I'm running this out of the back room in my house, and she's going to ask me if I can keep some of this stuff. So let me ask you a question then. How many people are wearing this stuff? That's a good question. It gets dry clean, but for a lot of the times, they're not going to repeat the looks, right? The showroom's not going to give the dress out five times so five people can be wearing the same dress. If that's the case, then why not let somebody keep it? I don't understand this. Or like it sits in a closet, it becomes vintage, then people bring it back out a few years later. So are you trying to tell me that you might be wearing the same funk nasty dress that some other lady had to cover the X Games in? She's out in Riverside somewhere. Because think about it. Because look, she's covering like the X Games, right? They have those in like Riverside or Anaheim or places like that. It gets a little hotter out there. She's out there. She's sweating. She's watching people do the Vert 720 McFlips. And she's out there all day. And the next thing you know, you got to cover something on the red carpet. You're wearing her same funk, nasty outfit. They just recycling all of this stuff. Bed bugs running all through it. They clean it, Van. If they got a reputation for renting out funk, nasty dresses, nobody would go to them anymore. Have you ever... There's a system here. Have you ever... Have I ever had a funky dress? No. Not Stop. one time. Not one... Not, not one even time. with a, Not even one dress with a little... You know, sometimes it's not straight up funk. Sometimes it's just a little twinge. 
You know what I mean? How do we get here? How do we because get here? This is, this is, because I'm, I'm fascinated. I never knew that they, I really didn't know. I, I know that they loaned out like diamonds, right? And tuxes. People rent tuxes. You know this. Yeah, no, people rent tuxes. I guess I've rented a tux before. I've rented a tux before yeah. for prom. But see, in pro, for prom, I don't think I would rent a tux now. I think, I think even especially like during the time that we're in now, like post COVID, I don't think I would rent a tux. Also, because we did get bed bugs one time. Oh, did you? Change your life. I know. I've heard. It'll I've change heard. your life. It'll change your life. Getting bed bugs will will make you stop inviting people to your house. Mm. It'll change your life. Is or, that how you got it? Wait, is that how you got it? No, I'll be honest with you. I I think I know how we got bed bugs. I'm not even bringing it up. Okay. Just know. So I, it w- there was a culprit. There was a culprit. I wasn't the source of the bed bugs when the bed bugs <laughs> were brought in. Just know that. We know that for sure. I wasn't the source of the bed bugs. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. But i never forget, I had like this brown couch, right? And mm-hmm. this brown couch was ground zero for the bed bugs. And at first you're laying down and Hello? You know, you're like, God damn, it's itchy. This is like itchy, it's like a, it's, it's itch. And then you look, and then it's like you're bitten up all over the place. You're like, what the hell is going on? And then for a while, you're like, what the hell? And then you find out it's bed bugs. And then the first thing you do is you try to fight the bed bugs. You Wait, try were there to... that many? You could see them? Well, I only ever saw bed bugs one time. The only I, like, I only ever actually saw them one time. I like I remember I looked at them, like I got bit, and then I look and I saw this little thing crawling. I'm like, yo, that's a bed bug. <gasps> like, you know what I mean? But I only ever saw them one time. Uh, every other time it was like you would you would like lay down. Every other time? How many times has it been? No, no, no. I'm talking about every other instance of with that couch. It's only oh. had bed bugs once. It's only had bed bugs once. But look. <laughs> So what you the first thing you do is you try to fight the bed bugs, <laughs> meaning you try to save your couch. Anybody that's listening to me right now, so if you have if you have bed bugs in your bed or on your couch, whatever you have the bed bugs on, throw it away. Just throw it away. You can't beat you the bed to. bugs. You I tried everything. I literally broke the couch down pillow by pillow did everything, treated every single, sprayed everywhere, moved all the other stuff away from the couch, turned it upside down, like spent a whole weekend. Monday, Bed Buzz was like, psych nigga, it's on. They hatched. We, yeah. we out here. 
And then I remember <laughs> I remember one day I was like, fuck it, this couch is done. This was back in the day where just getting a new couch was like a big deal. It's like, fuck it, this couch is done. Put the couch outside. And then this was like a horror movie ending. So I put the couch outside <laughs> and Kalika goes, well, what you need to do is you need to go outside and put a sign on the couch that says, this has bed bugs, don't come get the couch. All right? Yeah. Before I could do that, I come <laughs> outside with the sign in hand, the couch is gone. That is like, and it, and it moved on. To and it moved on to somebody else. <laughs> bed bugs too. The hatch. It moved on to somebody else. I promise you. Like it, it, I'm like, yo, I went out there. She was so pissed off. I'm like, yo, I, I like, I went out there. I'm like, yo, somebody already took it. She was like, you didn't get a chance to put the sign on there. And I'm like, no. She's like, it continues, Van. I'm like, what? I'm sorry. I'm but like, you know what you th that's got to be expected when you pull a couch off the side of the road like that anything goes i feel like that was an era in la where it was a whole put shit outside era i think the era is over or maybe i've moved that past still happens there. nope totally still happens oh, for i real? still see it when i'm walking the dog yes i see mattresses i've seen couches yes people still put stuff out but do do other people go get it though i don't wait long enough to see man i'm not i'm not <laughs> looking out the window waiting to see what happens at the end of the day nah, in my, sorry in my old apartment we had a whole little area where you could set sit out sh shit out that you didn't want anymore oh, no. and then people would go get it let me tell you my in law school one of my classmates the the neighbor above her got bed bugs and they crawled down the wall into her bedroom and were living in her headboard that's and that's hot, how she got them that's the hottest Ugh. shit ever I love that shit I'm glad. I'm glad that she had to deal with it. I'm happy for her because I don't want. What's wrong with you? I don't want me to be the only person that has had to deal with that. It was very. You're I'm not. A, I'm, 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 that's actually a joke. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest with you. It was mentally destabilizing. It was like I was. Yeah, no, I was I... at war. I couldn't beat them. It was like a source of real anxiety. I was seriously at war. I you really should write a write a script i'm actually surprised there's not a horror movie on bed bugs now were they only um in the couch or did they spread throughout only in the couch oh only in the couch because well, that's this... that's actually at least good you didn't have to get rid of your clothes mm -mm. the bed mm -mm. that's actually good only in the couch only in the couch and for a long time i would like i would i would go to hotels and when i would go to hotels i'd be like as soon as i would get in the hotel i'd be like could you guys bring some fresh sheets up Fresh stuff, bring it up now. You gotta look at the mattress. You gotta lift the mattress and look at it. What 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 does that signify? Look, looking at the mattress, what does that mean? Like there's something you can see to see if like I don't know if it's like droppings, something you can tell in yeah, a mattress. It's like oh that they just had that their bed bugs in there. Because like if you look on reviews, there's like movie theaters that have bed bug outbreaks, hotels that have them. Yeah, it's like a thing. A movie theater. Um, yeah, they were in the 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 seats at the movie theater. I think it was in New York. Hmm. I have a question for you. Uh, yeah, we're not going to do this as a whole topic, but I do mm -hmm. want to. Uh, I just want to touch on it real quick. Dr. Dre, the settlement of his divorce was made public, and it looks like Dr. Dre is going to get have to give his ex wife, Andrea Young, uh, three hundred thousand dollars a month. 
What's the problem? You know where I'm gonna say. You Did know I say that there what was a I'm problem? gonna say about this. Did I say well, that there was a problem? We know how you. We know how you felt about old Melinda. Melinda Gates. So, so this would be too much money in your eyes. Okay, let's because okay. you thought you wanted. Didn't you only want Melinda to have a hundred thousand? That's not what I said. See, see, see how stuff happens. <laughs> I, I, no, nobody said nothing. I didn't say hundred thousand dollars. I said a hundred million, which and that's before I knew. No, that, you didn't say a hundred billion. I did too say a hundred million. Oh yeah, maybe you did because I said billion. I yeah, said she I said I said a hundred million, but that was before I realized what Melinda had to go through. I was wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> Melinda was putting up with Jeffrey Epstein. Melinda was putting up with Bill emailing chicks at the office like weirdly. He didn't. He wasn't even. E he was emailing like, "Hey, it's me, Bill Gates. I'm the CEO of Microsoft. I would like to take you out for dinner. But if you don't want to go, forget that I sent the email." Now, how the fuck they supposed to forget that you send the, you're Bill Gates? Well, like, what are you doing? You gotta go. You, you gotta, gotta go. go to dinner. You gotta go. And think about how boring a date with Bill Gates would be. It, it would seem like Bill no, Gates has an no. interest in life, but I, he's, I don't think it would be very interesting to go out with Bill Gates. You don't know that. We didn't know all this stuff about him being a womanizer and him having all this whole secret life, talking to ex-girlfriends, co-workers. Epstein, like the bill <laughs> might be interesting at dinner. It's very true. You might be interesting, but I, I've sometime, some kind of way, I feel like dinner with Bill Gates is going to end up in a conversation about MS DOS or like, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I feel like it, 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 even if Bill Gates has done so many amazing things, but I'm telling you, he's going to talk to you about the first time he wrote some code. It was a brilliant, this, I felt like a god out here on earth. This is Bill Gates talking right now. On earth, sure, I walk around. I look like a mere mortal man. People see me, I'm unassuming, glasses, Stop. Stop that. <laughs> People Stop see me, whatever. But inside of the walls of cyberspace, I am god. I can. I realized in my twenties that I can do whatever I want. I can be whoever I want to be. I can own the world. <laughs> and you're sitting, <laughs> you're sitting across there like yo. You're sitting across there like yo, man. What the fuck am I gonna do? I went out with Bill Gates. You suck. He's talking about like you like talking about I am a god. Uh but she gets three hundred thousand dollars a month. She gets she gets three hundred thousand dollars a month. I wanna do the math on this real quick. Just for fun. Okay. So three hundred thousand dollars per month times twelve. She gets three point six million dollars a year. Okay. He's worth over a billion. Is he? Is it over a billion? Yeah, but he's he's worth a, he's a billionaire, right? Right. If he's not, he's right there. He's if he's not, he's right there. So that's three point six billion dollars, three point six million dollars a year, three point six million bucks a year. Okay, I'm just yeah. saying. Hey, good for her. But I know, I know they, they were married for like what twenty something years. They uh -huh. had a child together. I think they had. She gave him children. the she gave the him the best years of her life. Sat there, supported him while he built his empire, held down the house. Give her her three six. Three six. Um. So wait, is is her name actually even Andrea Young? Hold on, let me see. Let me make sure. Doctor. Dr. Dre, wife. 
Oh, excuse me. I thought it was her Nicole. It's Nicole. Excuse me. I'm sorry. His name is Andre. I even give it. Like, I gave her his name. Uh, his name <laughs> I made her the female version. I'm sorry. <laughs> Misogyny, <laughs> patriarchy. Um, her name is Nicole Young. They were married in 1996. And let me tell you something. They have. Oh my God. They have a beautiful family. So 25 years. So yeah. So 25 years. They were married in 1996. And to be honest with you. Even though Dr. Dre was a very, very popular producer in 1996, he was would have been like 31 at that time. He had all the NWA stuff, the chronic stuff, all of that. The reality is the bulk of his fortune was probably made while they were together because if you if easily. You rem- yeah, if you remember, Dr. Dre had he really didn't leave Death Row Records with very much. He didn't leave Death Row Records very much. Suge had the masters and all of that stuff. So I'm just wondering, um, you know, he, she probably had to be by him in some really tough times. It's just, let me just ask you a question. Is this a male-female thing to where just like the number itself, you look at that number, $300,000 a month, and you don't, you don't go, God damn. Like there's nothing that you never, it, that never happens to you? In these situations where not, you go, wow, that's a it, shit ton of money. I mean, the people we've talked about, Bill Gates and now Dr. Dre, no, mm-hmm. it does not. It is a lot of money. If it was, if it was you who got hit with that, I'd be like, man, that's a lot of money. Well, shit. But if you were a billionaire, I would be like, if it and? was, if it was me, I who bet got you'll hit. figure out a way to write it off. If it was me who got hit with that, you'd be figuring out bail money because I'd have to rob a nigga to make sure I make those payments. <laughs> and that's another thing. We about to see Dr. Dre's foray back into music. That uh, Detox, the, the the album we've been waiting for, he about to put that bitch out now. He gonna need the extra scratchule. You know what I'm he's saying? He's got beats. He's got, like, no. He's good. Nigga's not fucking with that beat shit like they used to. He sold the company. I know. He made his money. He made a lot of money, but I don't know. People spend. People spend. Dr. Dre might be out there. She might have sent this man to the poorhouse. He might be out there panhandling. Stop. Stop. That would be so crazy he, to see. That's, Do- that's what he's definitely not. Get, Dr. Dre has your couch. <laughs> Dr. Dre has my couch with the bed bucks. Dr. Dre riding around LA looking for the sidewalk. Looking for the sidewalks for different. <laughs> Good for her. Good for her. She's a beautiful lady too. Good. Good. I'm glad they ended it because I'm tired of talking about it. We cover it on extra. We talk about it here. Like on to the next, to the next chapter of their lives. On to the next. Good for her. And how and she and she is still a young and attractive lady. And it's time for her to get out here. Now she got three hundred thousand a month to keep it up. Boy, three hundred thousand a month. I mean, like, what do you do? You know, I'd, be, I'd take a, I'd take the best vacation. You would. I would be. I would be. I would be. Uh, what was it? Who was doing that? Kodak Black throwing throwing Doctor Trey's money, money. to Doctor Trey's music off the off the boat. Do you know what the most shocking thing? The most shocking thing to me in all of this is that. Three hundred thousand a month is only three point five million dollars a year. So when you hear these people that are making these ungodly sums of money, it's uh, America is crazy. It's people out here <laughs> making dumbass money. Like if you have a three point six million dollar a year contract in the NBA, you ain't nothing. That's like a mid level exception guy. Like it, they don't you don't even start to become a valuable NBA player to you get to like $10 million a year. These guys are making eight figures. Yeah. yeah like you making ridiculous 
crazy. I just think about last year, James Harden made something like $40 million a year. That's, woo. God bless him. No, but I mean, but don't you remember when a million dollars was like everything? You were so rich if you had a million. Now it's like you got to have at least 10. You want, do you want to be rich? I want to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there comes a point where like you got so much money. It's like, what? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, let's take a break. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Okay. We're going to start off in our home the South. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Tennessee's State Building Commission has voted five to two to move the bust of General Nathan Bedford Forrest out of the Capitol building. Governor Bill Lee also cast a vote for its removal. The two no votes to remove the, the bust came from Lieutenant Governor Randy McNally. <laughs> and House Speaker Cameron Sexton both have voiced their opposition of moving the bus and instead adding context to the statue. This is what Lieutenant Governor McNally had to say. Uh, McNally, it makes me think of maps. Remember that Rand McNally, the map people? Yeah, whatever. Because um, it's Randy McNally. Wasn't it Rand McNally, the map people? The map people? You don't remember, you don't remember is, this? Who are the map people? You don't remember? Am I wrong about this? Rand McNally? You remember this? I don't, I don't trust you after Andrea uh, Young. I, th- <laughs> I thought it <laughs> I thought it was. Let me look this up. Hey, uh Donnie, get wasn't it Rand McNally who used to make maps and globes? 
you know According what I'm to Google, yeah, you're right, but I don't remember this person. Google said you're right, though. Boom! Rand McNally, I knew this. I used to be What into... a random piece of information. Why is that who random? Who used to make maps? Who used to make maps? You never looked at maps and paid attention to who made the map at the bottom? It was always Rand No, because I was too busy looking at whatever the map was mapping out. Whether looked, it be uh, a country, the world, I state. looked at, you know what, let's move on because we're getting sidetracked. But the reality is that there's a lot of people that are going to be listening to this. If you're listening to this and when you saw this guy's name was Randy McNally, <laughs> did you not go, oh shit, this kind of, it's the map guy. He's gone racist. Anyway, um, this, is what, uh, this is what Lieutenant Governor McNally said. The left-wing activists who are pushing anti-American, anti-history uh, agenda here. In Tennessee and across the nation will not stop with Nathan Bedford Forrest. The woke mob means ultimately to uproot <laughs> and discard not just Southern <laughs> symbols, but American heroes and history as well. Rach, are you familiar with who Nathan Bedford Forrest was? No. Really? Correct. Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Tell us, tell us who he was. Okay. So I'm going to talk specifically right now to my people on the right. Pick your battles, man. <laughs> I know you don't care, but pick your battles. This is who Nathan Bedford Forrest was. Nathan Bedford Forrest was born, born poor in Tennessee in one of the most, one of the poorest parts of Tennessee, still a poor part of, of Tennessee, very, very rural. Um, and in order to make sure that his family did not stay poor, his father died at a very young age. Nathan Bedford Forrest went into one of the most brutal uh, and inhumane professions that you could go into. Nathan Bedford Forrest made millions of dollars as a slave trader. Mm. Now, I want people to understand the difference between those two things. We're not talking about a plantation owner. See, plantation owners themselves were particularly brutal. Some of them, uh, others were not as brutal, but they were all slave owners and owners of human capital. So that meant that there was right. exploitation, rape, and all of that stuff that went into having that. Slave traders, slave traders were even looked down upon by some plantation owners, slave trading is the industry where you're breaking families up. Slave trading is the industry where you're endeavoring into uh, purposeful eugenics. Slave, tra slave trading is the industry where you are kidnapping people from the north and bringing them to the south. Slave trading itself was, in fact, to me, legal dope dealing of the day. Like hurting, exploiting and yeah. you know, taking advantage of people for profit, okay? That's what Nathan Bedford Forrest did, made, made, made a lot of money doing it. He spent almost his entire fortune when the time came time for the Civil War. When the Civil War came, Nathan Bedford Forrest was a part of the Civil War. He was maybe the finest general uh, that the South had. Now, maybe not general himself, he was more of a cavalry man. So, mm -hmm. cavalry man, should I say? He was incredibly tough to kill. Uh, and he had a specific knack for winning battles. Um, and what he did all throughout the South, he was one of the most feared generals. Um, and obviously there are going to be people who jump in and say that Robert E. Lee was the best general, whatever. He was one of the most feared generals that the South had. While he was uh, 
serving in the Confederate Army, Nathan Bedford Forrest was a commander at the Battle of Fort Pillow. People don't know what the Battle of Fort Pillow was. It was a massacre. It was a massacre where about Confederate soldiers won a battle and then went around during that battle executing black black Union soldiers, executing them. Now, normally when you fight a war, you know, war's over, people lift their hands up, hey, whatever, whatever, they bring them in, uh, uh, you know, POWs, whatever. Not this time. At the Battle of, at the Fort Pillow Massacre, black soldiers were rounded up, systemically shot in the head, right? Shot Mm. over and over and over and over and over again. That became the, that's why it's known as the Massacre of Fort Pillow. Nathan Bedford Forrest was one of the commanding generals in that. Now, there are some people that say that Nathan Bedford Forrest didn't take part in those massacres, but the reality is that there's no reason to believe that he did not take part in it or didn't command his men to do that based upon the history of who Nathan Bedford Forrest was. Now, the South loses the war, all right? The South loses the war. After the South loses the war, you might think, okay, Nathan Bedford Forrest is his lifetime as a scourge on black people is over. No, it's not over. Because after the war is over, Nathan Bedford Forrest became the Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. Oh, wow. A very early iteration of the Ku Klux Klan. Now, a lot of people say that he founded the Ku Klux Klan. That's actually not true. What's true is that the Klan had been around for a little while. It's a little while. And what they needed was somebody who could organize them, who could bring national prominence to them, someone who they could use as a de facto mascot for what the Klan did. And the man that they chose for that was Nathan Bedford Forrest. The question is, having having talked about all the things that we just talked about, why on God's green earth would there be any conversation about whether or not Nathan Bedford Forrest's bus belongs in a capital that's supposed to represent all of the people of Tennessee? If there are people in Tennessee who are black, how could there be a conversation about whether or not Nathan Bedford Forrest's bus needs to be in there? Number one, forget that he was like, if you want to, if you want to talk about the fact, if you want to say, hey, he was a man of his times, forget the slave trading stuff. If, If he was a man of his times, forget about the Confederate stuff. He was the Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan, which is a domestic terror organization dedicated to destabilizing black businesses and and uh, and and wreaking terror on black people in order to make them fearful of white supremacy. The question that we should all have is, <laughs> what's not disqualifying about that? That's a question for the two people who voted in favor to not remove his bus. Yeah, it, your, your buddy Randy Mc whatever. Oh, he's my buddy my- now. McMally, McMally, (laughs) whatever his name is. (laughs) My goodness. It's just wild to me that the thinking that goes behind deciding to create a bust of that individual and then defending his presence in where is it the capital, wherever it is, Mm -hmm. and defending that that it should remain there. I I, and these are people, and the people defending it are. Congress is a congressman, right? And a lieutenant governor, lieutenant governor and the house speaker of Tennessee. So people who are making decisions for the constituents of the state of Tennessee, this is who they honor. This is who they uplift. This is who they defend. This is who they fight for. That's terrifying. 
It is. That's terrifying. It's interesting. And there are a lot of people that go, you know, you don't want to erase history and stuff like that. No one's trying to erase history. What I just said about Nathan Bedford Forrest is history and it can't be erased. You can't tell the story of the Civil War without telling the story of Nathan Bedford Forrest, um, the battles that he won, the havoc that he wreaked. I think Sherman once said, if I remember correctly, Sherman said that uh, that he would trade 10,000 men to capture Nathan Bedford Forrest. If it means that they could kill Nathan Bedford Forrest, that he would give up 10,000 men. That's mm. how much of a thorn in the side of the Union Army that he was. He was a war genius, and guys like that happened, and he uh, apparently was good at trading human capital. That's fine. All of those things will be remembered. A bust is not about who you remember. It's about who you exalt. We don't have... That's it. We don't have a... They don't have a statue outside of Michael Jordan outside of the United Center because he played for the Bulls. It's a lot of people who played for the Bulls that are a part of Bulls history. Exactly. That that they, they have statues of, outside of him because he was especially great and worth remembering. And I'm sorry, nothing about Nathan Bedford Forrest's life is. But this is what we're dealing with. Right. This is the crazy Oof. thing. Isn't that, isn't that nuts? Isn't that nuts? Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know. Like when even we were talking about this topic, I was like, huh, I wonder what I wonder what he's going to talk about with this. And now I'm like, oh, I get it. Like, I'm just thinking this uh, anytime that there's a person from the Confederacy that they want to, you know, like keep up as a bust or a statue or whatever, I believe it should come down. But I was like, oh, we've talked about this. Not like this. Mm. Not like this. Fun fact. Do you know who was named after Nathan <laughs> Bedford Force? Do I? Is it fun? It's fun fact. It's actually a fun fact. Nathan Bedford Forrest. Forrest Gump? Yep. Go back, really? Go back and watch the movie Forrest Gump again. I actually read the book. The I don't book think, I, I, don't think is, I want the to. The book is... So Forrest Gump, the movie is great. The book is sensational. So is it problematic now that, that, that Mama decided to name him after this individual? They didn't uh, even live you know in what? Tennessee. They did. They, they, they didn't were, even live in Tennessee. And she's... So were, he was just like... So, I think they were from they were from She's, Alabama, right? Alabama, Alabama, because that's where he went to college. Yeah, but I think that maybe, I think that maybe Flor Forrest came from Mississippi. I gotta remember. I think maybe because but remember, that's still not Tennessee. I know, but I think that they were saying that Nathan Bedford Forrest was Forrest's great great grandfather or something like that. Um, and 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 if you watch the movie, just watch the beginning of the movie. It says that there was a reason why Mama named him after him because. It was supposedly some decent reason. I haven't seen it in a while, but he's that's what he's named. So Trump Mama, Mama would have voted in favor of keep of keeping the the bust up. Mama would have said, "Keep it up." Not, there's no maybe about it. Yeah. She memorialized his him and with her son. Mm -hmm. shout wow! Out to, shout out to Mama though. It was still sad. When wow! She went. I don't know if that's a fun fact. I don't know if that's it's a fun fact. I'm so, looking at the so, whole movie in a different so way now. You don't fuck with Forrest Gump's mom anymore. Is what you're saying? Uh, maybe not the whole movie. Wow. But Forrest wasn't racist. Forrest was with Bubba. Bubba was his friend. Forrest, I uh, know. Forrest didn't know any better. For, yeah, Forrest, was, Bubba was his best friend. By the way, Bubba in the book, not black. They just oh, made, really? No. What? <laughs> not, like, not, not, <laughs> not black. They just made him black from the movie. So I don't know. Maybe it's fuck Forrest. Who knows? Uh, all right. Oh, <laughs> it, oh, this was interesting to me. Maria Taylor, gone. Leaving uh, ESPN. We knew it. You knew. We knew it was coming. Yeah. 
She's out. Maybe. In case you guys but don't know, know, like when I was back in Louisiana, she had to go. There was a, a whole situation that went down at ESPN. Now, correct me if I'm wrong about this, Rachel. There was this was a two pronged thing. Wasn't part of this about Maria Taylor and her contract situation with ESPN? What do you mean? Well, her contract was up. It her was up for negotiation. Up, and they were negotiating yeah. it. And I remember even Jalen, our friend Jalen Rose, shout out to him, was going on television and actually saying that, you know, he wanted Maria Taylor to get paid and stuff like that. So it was kind of known that she was in a contract negotiation when the Rachel Nichols thing came out. Yeah. But the thing with the Rachel Nichols thing is it happened a year ago. And, and, and I'm like, how do we not know it? I know it was July 2020 and I know so much was going on in the summer of 2020. And it's one of those things that was uh, buried or glossed over. Or somehow, somehow we missed it. It didn't come to light until this year. So, yeah, she was in the contract negotiations. But this coming to light in the New York Times article, there were a couple of articles actually on it in the New York Times, didn't help it. But she had to go, Van. She had to go. You feel like she had to go. I mean, Why is that? First of all, should we re- refresh people's memory on what happened with Maria Taylor and Rachel Nichols? Because we didn't get a chance to cover this. Because yeah, I was back. Because we home. thought it was old news. Yeah. Well, yeah, we thought it was old by the time we would talk about it again. So Rachel Nichols is a host of the Jump, uh, which is a be- great basketball show. I like the Jump on ESPN. She was caught on, I guess, was a hot mic or a hot Zoom talking. Um, yeah, it's a hot. It's more of a hot zoom. Hot zoom talking to uh, some guy who works with LeBron James and basically saying that not just some guy because that's ooh, part of the problem ooh, okay. as well. Give it to me. Well, she was talking to like LeBron's PR agent. His, or something. His PR so it's guy. not just some guy. Yeah, some guy who was very instrumental in helping him establish more than a vote. You know what? Let's let's do this. Let's make sure we give that guy his credit because I, give I feel him his like name. I feel like he is. I feel like he's getting the slot a little bit. Okay, so look, this guy's name is Adam Mendelson. You've been skating out here, Adam. You don't mm-hmm. get to skate, Adam. You were right there saying weird shit too. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, and just and just to refresh your memory, what he said, what Adam said was between more than no, he said between me, the Me Too movement and Black Lives Matter, he's exhausted. And then he and Rachel have a good laugh about that. Laughed. Okay, so what's so happened? So Rachel Nichols said that you know she was all in favor of diversity. She understood uh, how hard it was to get ahead at ESPN. I'm paraphrasing what she said, being that she is a woman. But if diversity meant, for better or for worse, Maria Taylor getting to cover the NBA Finals from the sideline rather than Rachel Nichols, then that's where diversity stops. Basically, Rachel Nichols says she doesn't want that to rob her of her opportunity. All right, we never got yeah. a chance to talk about that. Maria Taylor is leaving ESPN, reportedly for NBC. Um, your thoughts on her exiting and her departure, and would it have been possible, in your opinion, for her to have stayed and had an amicable working relationship with ESPN after what has come out uh, came out? I I I do think that. There was a there was a possibility to work this out, but ESPN fumbled this like they they fumbled the past. They messed this up. They didn't sit the two of them down. They kind of let the situation just they brushed over it. They mm-hmm. didn't address Rachel. They didn't address Maria. They instead end up forcing the girl out. Who's the one who brought it to Maria's attention? They didn't handle the situation right. So what was Maria supposed to do? I mean, they really forced her hand. And and the fact that the president of ESPN said, quote, she chose 
to pursue a new opportunity. That's troubling because it shows that they still don't get it. Maria didn't choose this new opportunity. I think if Maria had a choice, she probably wanted to stay at ESPN, wanted to stay at ESPN. But how could she knowing that they had drawn a line in the sand? I mean, they basically let Maria know what they think about her because they did absolutely nothing in regard to last year's situation. Ex- well, and except the girl that they forced out. So if I'm Maria, I don't feel appreciated. I don't feel respected. This woman said something that I felt and and not just felt it actually was offensive to me. And instead of doing something that offended me and, and black people, you let her continue to go on as if you value her and her feelings and her thoughts more than me. And I think that they made that painfully clear to Maria. And they really mess this up. Maria offers way too much to the network. I mean, she covers college football, college basketball, men and women's. She does professional football. She does professional basketball. She is knowledgeable. She's entertaining. She's funny. She works hard. She's incredibly smart. And they're just letting her go. And I think that it, it, it and the way that they handled this, it was a last ditch effort for them to say, you know what, we're going to sideline Rachel Nichols and we're not going to let her work as a reporter on the sideline during the finals. That's after the fact. You let me know exactly what you thought about it when you handled the situation the first time. What you're doing now is just a response to the public pressure. Would you have liked. So what could ESPN have done? Would you have wanted ESPN to fire Rachel Nichols? No. So I think so. I, I'm glad you actually said that because, you know, people think I'm I'm quick to say somebody should get fired. And that's not necessarily the case. I don't think that this was a fire. Is fireable a word? I don't think this is yeah, a fire, a, 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 a fireable offense. But what I do think should have happened is let's not ignore this. Let's not just wish this away. You have one of your your employees who's offended by because of something another employee did. You need to address this situation head on. Why are you having a town hall meeting now? You should have had a town hall or a discussion between Maria and Rachel. They are two faces of the NBA and Maria faces of other things as well for your network. Yet you didn't do anything to make her feel comfortable or that you valued her in your company. And when she's seen you not value other women who look like her, what else is she supposed to think? Why would she sign on for another few years? Does ESPN have a black woman problem? When we see the way Maria Taylor was, was, was treated, when we see the way, really, to be honest with you, a personal friend of mine, of mine, Jamel Hill was treated. Is there a black woman problem at ESPN? That's hard for me to say. You used um, to work there. Because, huh? You used to work there. Spilled the beans. I used to work there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's hard for me to say because you do have women like Elle, L. Duncan. Oh, I love you L. Have, Duncan. I do too. Yeah. You have Chanae. Yeah. Um, you have women there that you have Kimberly Martin. You have black women there who are actually doing their thing and um, and do it well. And they're and they're they're I don't know if they're the face like Maria, but they're definitely out there. And, you know, you attach their name, their face to ESPN. It's hard for me to say it's a black woman problem, but there's definitely a diversity problem there. They don't know how to handle issues when they come up in regards to race Hmm. they don't know how to make people who are diverse feel comfortable in that setting they just wish it away sounds very familiar right for another 
uh, franchise that is under the same company. They don't face things head on. And I think that that's a problem. And that's why you're seeing people continue to leave. Mm. This is clearly not the way to do it. And I think it's a very simple fix. And I'm not sure what they're afraid of and why they just won't figure this thing out because you're losing amazing talent. And if I'm Maria, I understand exactly why she felt the need to leave. She couldn't stay there. Not mm. after everything that happened. Mm. We're just finding this out. Maria's been dealing with this for a year. Mm. I do want to, want to also shout out Carrie Champion, who also left ESPN. You know, ESPN has Carrie had some well. has had some amazing black ladies over there, and they continue oh. to have some amazing black Maria, ladies over there. Jamel, Carrie, Rachel. I mean, <laughs> wow. please, I am not wow. on their level. You're, you're missing, <laughs> you're missing, kidding. but you're missing somebody, right? You're missing somebody that that's still over. Josina. No, you're missing someone. Adult. You're missing Sage. Nope. You're missing Sage. You're missing Sage still. I miss some other people too. There are other people. Roz works there. Mm -hmm. Um, There's some other people I miss. I didn't just not name Sage. I didn't just not name Sage. Say, hey, Sage still. She works there. We love her. Say it. Say it, Rachel. Say it. Say you love Sage still. Okay, anyway. So here's the, like. (laughs) Sage. Sage. I'm trying to figure out how to work this. No, 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 no. Sage. Has changed on me. <laughs> she's very good friends with Chris. Okay, and that's and she's kind of changed on me. Oh, Sage still is Sage still got beef with you. I don't think. Let's just say we we were we were social media friends, and you know I looked one day and she don't follow me anymore. Sage still <laughs> unfollowed you over Chris Harrison's stuff. I just say she don't follow me. She don't follow me anymore. Wow. So I said, so I I hit it unfollow as well. I said, oh, it's like that. You and Sage. Oh, wow. I didn't notice. I really (laughs) There's no beef. There's no beef, but I did notice that. I said, no, 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 no. I said, huh? That's like saying it without saying it. Nah. I was like, that's a that's a beef situation. The unfollowing. I had no I have no problems with her, but I was I have to say I was shocked. I've I've been around her a couple of times and we've always gotten along. And I was like, huh. She took Chris Harrison's side. She unfollowed you <laughs> over the Chris Harrison thing. Oh, Nuts. that's interesting. Nuts. Nuts. Uh, I do want to say something about the Rachel Nichols, Maria Taylor thing, because here's the thing that I thought when this happened. Um I kind of what you're gonna say. Uh yeah, so this is what I thought. Really, when you get down to it, nothing that Rachel Nichols said is shocking. Okay, none of it is shocking. Nothing like nothing that she said is shocking or to me hyper racist or anything like that. All right, it's I agree. It's only because we looked at Rachel Nichols as an ally. Rachel Nichols has. Has, you know, she's on there. She's talking NBA basketball. She's doing all of this stuff like that. Rachel Nichols never said that she wanted to give up a part of who she was or a part of what she's worked for so that a black voice could be in the room. And this is what I try to get people to understand where I said when I say we shouldn't be looking to people for, for all of these allies and stuff. The reason being is when you put when you put a person in a situation where they have to choose themselves and you or their community and you, they're going to choose themselves. And all it does is set us up for disappointment in situations like this. When I saw what Rachel Nichols said, yeah, it was very white. It was like, I hope all the niggas get what they get, just not this nigga, just, not this time. 
and 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 the real and the, and the reality is that left up to the devices that is what a lot of them would say what a lot of them would say was like cool if somebody else has to lose for diversity or if someone else has to wait their turn for diversity that's cool but i'm not going to be that person i actually think it's an unfair burden to ask somebody to care as much about your stuff as they do, as you do about your stuff. And I feel like that's the kind of allyship that we seem to be looking for. People expected Rachel Nichols to look at this entire situation and be like, I'm happy that Maria Taylor is going to get this job is going to get this situation that I think that I should get. I'm happy that she's going to get it because I want to see more diversity in the room. These people, the way these people psyche, in this situation has been set up no. over hundreds of years. They don't think like that. And if we expect well, them to think like that, we're going to be setting ourselves up for the big fat kill. Well, one, she put her diversity on the, on the same. She kept saying, I know how it is. I'm a woman. So she, that that's that. She was putting her that her diversity on the same level as Maria's. But it's not that Rachel. That's not what got me is that Rachel was saying, you know, you know, I hope that, that that she gets hers, but don't but don't take mine away to give it to her. That's not what got me. She assumed that the reason Maria got that position is because she was black and not qualified. That's what bothered me about what well, Rachel said. When did she said. say that? No, it's the assumption. See, I don't think see, I, I believe that she she was because for her to say, I'm all for diversity. I'm all for diversity, but don't take away my opportunity to give it to her. She's assuming Maria got it because of diversity. That is that is taking away Maria's qualifications. Maria didn't get that job because she's a black woman. Like, that's not why Maria is hella good at her job and and entertaining in a way that Rachel's not. I'm not taking away from Whoa, Rachel's journalism to, to, skills. To, to, I'm not taking away from her work 20 mm -hmm. years and, and what she's done and her level of reporting and all of that. But there's there's Maria brings something different to the table. And that's what bothered me the most. She took she's she's saying Maria got it because she was black. What so this is my thing. What bothered me the most is that we expect anything different. I, I'm really I, I'm really serious about that. We have so we have a bunch of we have a very diverse group of people who listen to our podcast. Mm -hmm. And this is going to come off as if actually it's not going to come off. What I'm telling you is I have a low threshold of expectations for white America. I just do. Right, we talked about allyship. And it and it doesn't and that's not to say that when I when I saw what she said, when I saw what Rachel Nichols said, I wasn't shocked or appalled or offended at all. I was like, okay, that makes sense. She lives in a situation. And by the way, it's funny that you said she put her diversity issue on the same as Maria's diversity, the same levels of Maria's diversity issue. Why wouldn't she? Of course, of course she would. She has been a woman working at ESPN, which is a boys club for X amount of years and has gotten to where she's gotten. You cannot tell her that she hasn't had to shatter some glass ceilings. I'm not saying she has To be the hasn't. female host of a NBA basketball show. And if you tell her anything different, what you're going to get back from her is look what I did. Look what I did. Look what I did. Look what I did. And when she looks at Maria Taylor, she's going to think, hey, we're in this season we're in this situation. I've been doing this. I've been doing that. And that's why they're doing it. Even if all of that's bullshit and, and, and cloaked and coded in privilege, which it is, my question is, what do, what do we actually think 
is said about us when we're not around. No, I, I and, and, and I agree with you. One, with the diversity thing, I'm not saying that she didn't, you know, knock down doors to get to where she is. I would never take that away from her. I just think that, you know, Maria is also a woman and then she's also black. So there's something else there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that anybody doesn't think that people have those white people have those conversations when we're not in the room. I don't think that I think for me, it wasn't even shocking that she said it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even shocking that she got caught. It was shocking to me that ESPN has known about this for a year and did nothing mm-hmm. when it involves one of your greatest talents right now on your network. Mm-hmm. That to me was the most shocking thing. This happened a year ago. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know. Yeah, I, I interviewed know Rachel Nichols. I would have asked her. You that you would have been like, "Hey, Rachel Nichols, who are you?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I, I do want to say something. This is I'm gonna give you guys a clear cut example of of, and me, me and Rachel differ on this issue. I'm gonna give you guys a clear cut example of of what I would like from white people. Tell you straight up. Shout out to my boy Walter Gino McLaughlin. Walter Gino McLaughlin. His middle name is Eugene, but he's too cool for Eugene. So he's got to be Gino. Ooh, I'm a Kappa. Ooh. Is this your friend? Oh. Yeah, yeah. He's a, <laughs> my friend Walter Gino McLaughlin, he's a Kappa. He became a Kappa with Chris Toombs on the same Kappa line back in the day. They were so happy. Walter got cross Kappa and he cried. He doesn't He doesn't want to talk about the fact he cried on his brother's arms. He cried. He's a Kappa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. When you pledge, it's a real thing. Yeah. So uh, Walter does this thing in Baton Rouge called Black Restaurant Week. And I don't know if you guys know, but what that is, is you eat at black restaurants for a week. You support black restaurants for a week. Okay. So Walter does this thing for Black Restaurant Week. For me, I don't care if any white people support black, Black Restaurant Week. It would be great. It would be great if they did. It would be great if the allies, my friends from down there in Louisiana, Tommy Talley, good white folk, as you could call them. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, if uh, Derek Pomansky, shout out to him, great guy. All of this, It would be great if all of these guys decided that they're going to bring their families and go support black businesses. That would be great. That would be fantastic. That's not what I'm asking for them from them. This is what I'm asking for them not to do. Walter told me, told me about a conversation he had with someone. In this conversation he had, the person who was white looked at him and goes, yo, I'm, I'm, I love this. I love what you guys are doing. I love this. But do we have to call it Black Restaurant Week? That is the only thing I'm asking white people not to do. That. Mm. I, I'm not asking you at all to pick your family up and take them to Dell Pitts or take them to Boiling Rue or take them to Pit and Peel or take them to Bulldogs the bulldog in 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 Baton Rouge, not bulldogs in Atlanta. It's a completely different vibe, or oh. or the uh, or Jones Grill, or any of those places in Baton Rouge. I'm not asking for you to, to to do that. What I'm asking you to do is not get in the way of what we need to do. Yes, it needs to be called Black Restaurant Week. That's what it needs to be called. Black Restaurant Week. It needs to be called that. Don't worry about it. Do your thing. We're gonna do Black Restaurant Week. We don't. And all of these people that are up around going, "Hey, do do we need to call it Black Restaurant Week?" Yeah, we do. We need to do stuff. Don't get in the way of what we need to do. 
<laughs> and, so, and, and that, that's it. I'm not asking you to be down because I can't count on that. Because the moment you say you are, you then do some slick shit on the side. And it happens every time. I'm not mad at Rachel Nichols. Rachel Nichols is looking out for number one, the same thing she's done at the whole, her whole life. I think Rachel Nichols is typical. I think she's just, I think she's, I think she's what typical. What did you think about what, um, oh my gosh, why can I not think, Steven Jackson had to say. People were upset with him. I don't know why, I, I love Jack. I don't know why Jack jumped out there like that, man. Because like, <laughs> Matt Barnes didn't do it the same way. Like Jack, see, here's the thing about Jack. Jack got a warrior spirit. Jack like a good fight. But I guarantee you Rachel Nichols going to be all right, dog. She gonna be straight. Jack, like I love Jack, yeah. and Jack, and Jack, Jack is the kind of guy. Jack is the kind of guy that rides with his friends no matter what. Jack is the kind of guy that, like, in his heart, believes what he believes. So he's gonna stand on what he believes. He's gonna say what he say, and that's fine. But this is my this is my question that I have, and maybe she did. I don't know. Jack stepped in it last year with some stuff that he said on his Instagram or or, or whatever. Uh, as it related to the Jewish community. Everybody remembers that, right? Yes. During that time, and maybe she did, maybe she didn't. I don't remember Rachel Nichols stepping off of a cliff for Jack. No. I don't remember Rachel Nichols saying, hey, like, this is my friend and y'all don't know. I don't remember her doing that and putting her professional and cultural reputation on the line for him. No. No, so I, I no. don't remember her doing that. Maybe she did. I don't remember her doing that. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. It It's just awkward for me when, you know, he came out, Matt came out, even though what Matt said was way better than what Steven Jackson had to say. And then she apologizes on her show and, and, and like she gets interrupted for, I don't even remember who said it. It might have been Perk. She gets interrupted and, and, and Kendrick Perkins is like, okay, I'm gonna stop you there. And it's like, you know, pr talking about how great she is. And in my mind, I'm like, let one of y'all try to host the jump and then boot her and see what she has to say. Yeah, I think it's she's it's all fine when y'all are playing your role and it's her show and you're on her show. And because she's like, oh, she gave me this opportunity on her show. Step into her seat and see what happens and it, see if she's singing the same tune. It just Stop, wasn't, it wasn't necessary. I understand people that stay friend and stuff. It's just, I don't like to see that type of energy. I don't, I don't. I don't, I don't like to see that type of energy. Well, actually, you know what? Let's take a break. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. All right, uh, NFL. Okay, so Ooh. <laughs> NFL. <laughs> the NFL is sick of you, sick bastards. The, <laughs> the NFL is the NFL is all done with you, Delta variant carrying fucking. <laughs> They're not, they're not with it no more. This is what the NFL. The NFL has new rules. 
The NFL, according to Tom Pulisero of the NFL Network, the NFL just informed clubs that if a game cannot be rescheduled during the 18-week season 2021 due to a COVID outbreak amongst unvaccinated players, the team will, with the outbreak, will, outbreak will forfeit and be credited with a loss for playoff seeding. A team responsible for a canceled game due to an outbreak among unvaccinated players or staff will be responsible for financial losses and subject to potential discipline from the commissioner. Those financial losses could be significant uh, for everyone involved. The league said that if a game is canceled due to a COVID outbreak uh, among unvaccinated players or staff, neither team's players will receive their weekly salary and Commissioner Goodell can impose additional penalties, particularly if the COVID outbreak is reasonably determined to be the result of a failure by club personnel to follow applicable protocols. This has already caused ripples throughout the NFL uh, community. DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best in the league, one of the greatest catch radiuses I've ever seen before. He said, he tweeted this and then he later deleted it. Never thought I would say this, but being put in a position to hurt my team because I don't want to partake in the vaccine is making me question my future in the NFL. He then deleted that tweet later on. This is essentially, it's not officially, but this is essentially a vaccine mandate by the NFL. Mm-hmm. This is essentially mm-hmm. a vaccine mandate by the NFL. Do you have an issue with this? No. Mm. <laughs> and I'm sorry. Y'all can get mad at me, but I just, we don't have to have a football season. We are. We're having a football with fans. Okay. We're going back to normal. Even got a new song for the games. Okay. We're going back to a season. We are also seeing at the same time in our country an outbreak again. In L.A., we have a mask mandate. I know so many people vaccinated and unvaccinated that have this new variant. It is hitting them hard. I know people that are in the hospital. This is real. We have heard about the Delta variant, and now it is really taking our country like by storm it is it is it is out here guys and at the same time if you want to watch football and i know we kind of talked about this before when we talked about cole beasley and we and i know it all comes down to money when it's about the nfl i talked about them caring about their well-being their health but i think that goes hand in hand they want them to be healthy so they can play for them and make them money money so it all goes hand in hand if you want to play and you want a season of football, then there are rules in place to protect the game, the sport, the people, the money, the business, however you want to look at it. I think the NFL is well within its right to Im- impose these rules. And if you are unvaccinated, they're not telling you you can't play. I think you just have to go through extreme measures to make sure that you don't contract this disease, this virus. Maybe it's staying away from family and friends. Maybe it's quarantining throughout the entire season. Nobody's taking the game away from you. Maybe some of your livelihood, but you have options here. So I have no problem with it. None. Okay, so what I want to do right now is look up the protocol for unvaccinated NFL players. It's very... I think we've talked about it before we talked about it yeah 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 um but 
They can't do anything. Yeah, they can't basically do <laughs> Um, They can't really do anything. Okay, so, you know, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to be tested daily. If you're vaccinated, you don't have to stay in the hotel and be quarantined away from people. Um, so here it is, here it is right now. Unvaccinated players, this is what they have to go through in the NFL. They will still have to be tested daily, still wear a mask at team facilities, are still subject to physical distancing, distancing, will have to quarantine after exposure, will have travel restrictions, and will not be able to interact with family and friends during travel, cannot eat in the cafeteria or use the sauna or the steam room. They will also be subject to capacity limits um, in weight rooms as well. Unvaccinated players don't have any of those things that they have to be worried about. I think the thing that was interested in, interesting in this was that if one team causes an outbreak, I think that I read, and I'll look at it again, but I think that I read that if one team causes an outbreak, then both teams get all of their stuff forfeited. Let me read this again, because maybe I'm wrong about this. No, 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 no. The, the, cancel t the team that has the outbreak has to forfeit. Right. So the team that has the out... So if the league, the league says if a game is canceled during if the game is canceled due to a COVID-19 outbreak among unvaccinated players or staff neither team's players will receive their weekly salary does that mean what that does that mean that neither team so if the if the Rams are playing uh. the Saints and the Saints have a have an unvaccinated outbreak and the game has to be canceled does that then mean that the Rams also don't get paid I mean, you said Donnie, Donnie, it, Donnie, look at that. Like, help me help me out with that. It says I'll read it again. It says it, the league said if a game is canceled due to a COVID-19 outbreak among unvaccinated players or staff, neither team's players will receive their weekly salaries and Commissioner Godel, Godel can impose additional penalties particularly if the COVID outbreak is reasonably determined, like like I said before. Am I reading that right? Is that both teams, you Donnie? You said? Yeah. You said neither teams. Yo, that, that that's crazy. That, like, see, that's nuts. That's nuts. But, they, like, that, but, if, but, but, but if you're gonna do that, then you should just not have unvaccinated players in the league. Well, well, if that, you're gonna stop pe people who get vaccinated, who are following the rules from making money, that's that's too much. That doesn't even make sense. But see, that tells me right now, like that that's actually draconian in a way. That that tells me right now yeah. just how serious they are about this, and. It also tells me that there's an interesting cultural tug of war going on in the NFL. That is a very extreme way to deal with this problem. Hey, we are basically going to tell you that if you fuck up, not just you, but the players on the other side of the line of you, they're going to be held responsible too, right? That tells me that the NFL, what they really want to do is they want to come out and they want to say, in order to play next season, you have to have a vaccine. You have to be vaccinated. Right. Like they you're going to see probably in offices and places around like that. You're going to see that pretty soon. And that's going to start a whole different culture war. But they don't feel like they have the latitude to do that with their fan base. They don't think that that's going to fly. So this rule, which in a way is actually more <laughs> severe than that, is the NFL's way of telling players you need to go get vaccinated really if you want to play in the NFL. And I think coming off of what you just said about the Delta variant, I think if the numbers were the same way that they were these past weeks, these past months, then maybe you'd have seen them just lean on the, we're going to make your life a lot harder in the NFL if you don't get vaccinated thing. 
But I think with, with the Delta variant popping up and them seeing that they could see another season that had all the stoppages and all the hiccups of the last season, this is basically them telling you the organizations themselves are going to put so much so much pressure on their players to get vaccinated. I, 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 it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, especially with guys like Cole Beasley and DeAndre Hopkins who are showing open vaccine hesitancy to see if right. this works. Well, for, to hear to hear from a DeAndre Hopkins is a huge deal. Yeah. As opposed to like uh, not trying to knock Cole Beasley, but I'm about to. I'm just you saying just DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins is is one of the best wide receivers in the league, and for mm-hmm. him to come out and say that, that's huge. He's a money maker. He's a draw. People want to come out and see him play and see what he's going to do. Also, just as we're sitting on this uh, recording, this LA cases are now back up to February levels. This is Damn. where we are, people. February this is where we are. Huh. Backwards, late. not forwards. We are going backwards, literally. So this is why I'm not mad. I'm mad at that rule about the other team not getting paid, but or any teammates, period, <laughs> getting paid. But this is why the NFL is being so strict. When they're taking measures like this, it's because of that that number I just read. That's that fact. We're going backwards. Um, I don't know what to do next. Uh, you know what? What's I on the list? You know what? Oh. I, it, it, you know what I kind of want to talk about. I kind of want to talk about the astronaut. The, what the... astronaut? Gail? Yeah, Gail King. <laughs> <laughs> was he black? Was he black? Yeah, was he's who black. black? I couldn't tell. Or was he just? Um... He's black. He's a black man. Okay, I couldn't tell if he was like a tan white man or a light skinned black man. So this happened on television. You know, let's 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 combine these. <laughs> Let's do with what? Let's do a segment called "What Were the Whites Thinking?" <laughs> I want some big pro. I want I want a big, big, big thing. What it were goes the with whites unexpected. thinking? It balances out unexpected ally of the week. So we got we actually Go have ahead. we actually have two two uh two nominees for what were the whites thinking this week. The first one is a former astronaut, Charles Bolden, who uh, Bolden is the first black NASA administrator. He raised eyebrows when he said this. (laughs) And this guy isn't even white, but it was a white feeling when he raised this. He said the young man sitting there excited as he was, he's looking at the crowd of people after Jeff Bezos landed his penis successfully back onto Earth. It said, the young man sitting there, excited as he was, that's one less black kid on a corner somewhere getting ready to use a weapon. God damn, Chuck! Charles! So bad. It's so bad. Charles, you're not white, but you get to be an honorary white today. What the fuck is wrong with you? I thought it was bad when he just said on the corner. Then he proceeds to say with a weapon in with his hands. Weapon. What? It is really important for us to inspire young people. We have to inform them. There were no black kids standing around when Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin went to the moon. We weren't part of that. We are today. All of that's great. I love, look, black guys want to go to space. Have at it. I have no desire. But if you want to go up there, you want to go to space, please go to space. But look at the look at what we're left with. Either go to space or murder somebody. <laughs> Those, <laughs> Bolden. My God. My guy. Bolden. Chuck. 
Come on, Chucky B. Come on, Chucky B. I, Come on, Chucky I, B. You Gail didn't mean was better that. than me. Gail comes because back. I would have stopped him. I would have stopped him right when he said it. They Chucky let him B. keep talking. They let oh. him complete his thought. Uh, Chucky B. Chucky B said. Chucky B said this, and Gail came back. Gail said, "I don't want anybody to think or believe that all black kids are just hanging out on the corner. I think it's inspiration for everyone. But I get the point that you're making. I just really wanted to clean that up because because I'm sitting here going, <laughs> no, Charlie, no, Chucky." <laughs> Chucky B, this is what Chucky B, oh Chucky B, Chucky B has licked so many boots to get to where he is in NASA. I'm sorry, I gotta keep it real with Chucky B. I gotta keep it real about Chucky B. Chucky B, that was a boot licker statement. I'm sorry, that was a boot licker statement. That was a boot licker statement. I I, I wish I I don't want to do this, but if the first thing that comes to your mind after Jeff Bezos lands his penis back to Earth. It's to shit on black people. It's hard for me to believe that Chucky e. B is not a bootlicker. Like, that's a bootlicker statement. No, no. The worst is that he didn't think he was shitting on black people. He really thought he said something profound. You could tell. Like, people were going to be quoting him on that. That's the bad thing. And all I kept thinking is, if this black man can say this to a black woman on national television, my God, what does he say behind closed doors? What does he say with the other astronauts? What does he say at NASA? Uh, it's crazy. Where's the, where's the, I just, Did Chucky I B ever go to space? Let's look up Chucky B real quick. No, did Chucky B have retract that statement? Has he come out and said anything since? I don't know. Let me, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to look it up right now. Charles Bolden, Charles Bolden Jr. Okay. He's so been in space several times. Okay, so Charles Bolden has been to space. Maybe that, maybe, maybe shit is different up there. I don't know. <laughs> well, you back here now, Chucky B. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's different right now. He is. He was appointed by uh, Obama back in the day to be the administrator of the National Aeronautics of NASA. Basically, I just said that he was a he's a former Marine. Chucky B is in, he's incredibly decorated. Uh, he's a major general in the Marine. Saw saw time in Vietnam, in uh, Operation Desert Thunder. He was also a part of Distinguished Service Medal, Superior Service Medal, Legion of Merit. I don't want to take any of this away from Chucky e. B. Um, he's but he went. I see him right now in 1991. He went up there and he did his thing. Look, Chucky e. B is very important, uh, very impressive guy, but he bootlicked. He bootlicked. Chucky e. B has been fighting wars overseas. Been out of this world in outer space and the time he needs to be spending is on a corner to see that there aren't black kids holding weapons on every single one of them. That's mm. what he needs to do. He needs to spend some time in our community. All right, Chucky B, Chucky B, you don't put up, get decorated for that. Ch Chucky B, you don't, we, we still fucking with you, Chucky B, but come on, bro. He's be in better. timeout. He's in timeout. He's in be timeout better. right He's now. He's in bootlicker timeout. Okay. The second, the, se <laughs> <He's> the second, <laughs> Um, um, this was not, it was not funny that I laughed at this, but I've watched this video over and over and over again what is and this? I laugh every time. It's not funny. It's really what not funny. It? You didn't see the video of the Alabama councilman who <laughs> straight up in the meeting. It's what is going funny, on? What is going on, man? Funny. Why, well, it's it, not funny, it, but like, that's, I didn't is, know that's like, what you were going to say. Like what is going on, it's, man? What the fuck is happening? 
Like what? Like, like seriously? Like guys? Like guys? Like what? Like seriously? So- I was so mad. I, I even looked at Bozeman. I was like, "Yo, Bozeman, do you see this?" And he's like, "Yo, it's I'm so a dog." Ridiculous. It's, so it's, it's so during the meeting, Alabama not- Democratic Party. <laughs> wait, like this guy's name is. Hold on for a second. Wait a second. Hold on for a second. This guy. This guy. <laughs> this guy is a councilman. What's his name? Donnie. What's this guy's name? Tommy Bryant. Bryant. His name? Tommy. Tommy Bryant is his name. Y'all, this really happened. I know y'all have seen it by now. Tommy Bryant. They want him to resign because, like, he's in the council and they're talking in the council. And he looks over to Veronica Freeman, who is black, and he says to her, Do we have a house nigger in here? Do we? Dewey, would she st- please stand up? The woman left the place crying. What is going on with the whites? <laughs> he lost it. And the top Bryant lost it. He said he was repeating something Wayman Newson, Newton, a black man, said about <laughs> Freeman can't. during an executive session. He was repeating something that he was saying. He said it in a derogatory manner. I said it so people would know what the mayor said is what he said. He basically used the whole. <laughs> he basically used the whole of. I was just rapping what Snoop Dogg said. That's what he said. I, I don't know. It, it I, like, just, I, I really it's don't. It's not man. funny. It's so ridiculous that I can't. I have to laugh. It, it's it's the whole thing. It's not what he said. It's the way he said it. It's standing up once again in public on a live. They were recording this on Facebook Live. Stood up and spoke to a black woman. And called her out of her name. I think he said it twice. What bothered me too in that video is there is a black man. Maybe it was the mayor. I'm not sure. Who never looked up. He was on his phone the entire time. Didn't look shocked. Didn't look appalled. Was just kept texting on his phone. I'm sorry. That's an issue. And the other thing is exactly what you said. Why do they always use blame us, like excuse their behavior by blaming us that it's our fault that they said that. It's the black mayor's fault that he stood up and said, called her a house nigger in front of a whole council. Okay. So I have a question. We didn't do Van's very serious question of the week on Monday. We're going to do it right now. We're going to do it right now. This is the question we're going to do right now. This is Van's very serious question of the week. Okay. To anybody that's reading or watching this, and to Rachel, are you okay with somebody slapping or punching the shit out of someone after they've been called the N-word? Is the N-word sufficient grounds to you? I know how we feel. I know how I feel. But I just want a general sense from the people that are reading this and watching this. Is being called the N-word legitimate grounds for physical violence and retaliation? Rachel, do you feel like if you if you get called the N-word, that it's that it's that you can slap back, pop back, punch back in the mouth, in the jaw, go in somebody's face, bloody their nose, fatten their lip, ring their ears, hit them in the temple, all of that? On sight. On sight. You call me that? It's it's grounds for whatever. Those are fighting words. That's a violent word. If it comes out of your mouth, 
directed towards me. I wouldn't have run out of the room crying and I feel so bad for her and I hope that she's okay and I hope they remove that man from his seat, his government seat, because he is making decisions on he behalf. He said he's not resigning. They said that county or that city, whatever it is, 53% black. And this is this is how this man speaks and he's making decisions on behalf of your city. Get that man out of office. On site, I'm allowed to make any type of physical contact with you that I want to. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people listening to this and goes, there's never a time for violence. The N-word is violence, like Rachel said. That's violence. That's violence. Do you know how many bodies are on the N-word? Especially when it, you know, there's a lot of bodies on the N-word. The N-word is violence. Yeah, so I'm with it. That's the question. Is the N-word still grounds for physical violence? The word is out there so much right now. Is the N-word still grounds for physical violence? Somebody calls you the N-word. Are you well within your rights? to slap the living shit out of them. That's the question. All right. Uh, it's time for mailbag. Donnie, come on. Like, we got to we gotta go. It's like, run the song, and we got to do it. Come on. <laughs> mailbag time. Time to read your letters, and then we'll reply to them. Oh, it's mailbag time. Write us with your queries, and we'll chime in all right from donald bullock if you could only listen to one artist for the rest of your life who would it be did we answer this ask this question maybe um prince you would say prince see you need somebody with a you need somebody with a deep catalog that's the that's the problem deep catalog and um levels to it right because i can hear fast with prince i can hear something slow and sexy i can dance to it there's levels to prince no okay now you're right what the answer is probably michael jackson wow does that include the jackson five yeah then I might change my answer. Yeah, it's probably Michael Jackson. <laughs> I might change my answer. We got to do something about this. We got to we got to talk about this. We got it's it's uh it's, it's serious. I'm, thank you Donald Bullock for bringing the podcast down. We were having a great podcast. Uh, 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 Don, uh, uh Donnie, next question. You're out of your element, Donnie. All right. This one is music. <laughs> music as well. From Josh Coyne. We have to compromise our feelings to enjoy Kanye now. What else does that to you? Uh, I think we just talked about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Michael for sure. Yeah, Michael for sure. And to a degree, the NFL. To The NFL has kind of shown me who they are. Um, but it's the only way. the That's only point. The only place we can go to get that exact uh, content, that exact experience. But. To a degree, is the NFL. Watching the NFL will never be as fun as it was before. It's just something that it's almost like habit now. It's mm, a really good point. Next question. From Erica Miller. If you could go back in time and relive one experience the same exact way, what would it be? The TMZ Kanye thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it was flawless. Yeah. Um. I would say for me, it would be my, and I, this is cliche, but it would totally be my wedding day. And oh. it's not even just because I got married. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's 
the family and friends all coming together. My family, meeting Brian's family, extended family for the first time. Everybody's just so happy, you know, celebrating love and life. It's just like, it's like a family reunion all at the same time. And so that's that's the one I'd relive. That's dope. That's dope. Uh, Next, come on. You're out of your element. Let's go. All right. From Elizabeth Franklin, would you guys have been friends in high school? So I'm how much older than you? Oh, no. We're Imagine we're the same age. No, it depends no. which high school. It depends which high school we were going to. If we were going to First Baptist Academy where I went, absolutely we would be friends. If we're if going it was to your McKinley, high school, you would have McK- made fun. You would have made fun of me. Oh, you no, made fun I, of me in I, high school. No, you guys, yep. you guys have to understand something. <laughs> that wasn't me <laughs> yeah. in high school. In high school, I, 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 and I, I am a gentleman. I'm a gentleman. Like I'm a I'm a gentle man. In order to get what you what you get from me, you got to get way in the inner circle. Like I am a gentleman. So you would have ignored me. No, like we'd have been cool. Cause like <laughs> to be honest, like to be honest with you, like at, at high school we gotta all stick together. Like I'm not with that divide and conquer boot licking Chucky B shit. That's not me. <laughs> Chucky B do better. I want look look. We I think we'd have been friends. I think I think we'd have been friends. I think probably we, so. We probably would have ran against each other for student council or something like that. Like, it, like <laughs> I, I, I think we'd have been friends. Back to Chucky B real quick. Um, but Rachel seems like she would be very. I was going to say this real quick. Rachel was an athlete. I was an athlete. Rachel would be very easy yeah. to be friends with in 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 high school. Back to yeah, Chucky B. Cool. Chucky B, maybe I was a little hard on you by calling you a bootlicker. <laughs> yeah, I read all of those things that you did for our country, and I felt kind of bad. But, but, but I'll tell you this: <laughs> like, like black kid with a gun, Chucky B, we can't have that. It was so <laughs> bad. Like, like, okay, I'm sorry. I apologize to Chucky B that I said all of the things that I said, but we can't we can't do it like that, Chucky B. All right, you can't listen. He hadn't apologized for what he said. I, I know, but I just want to look. I want to be better. Chucky B, do better. Do better than that. Okay, do better than that. Chucky B, Chuck B, Chuck Chucky 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 Bizzle. All right, do you have an unexpected ally of the week? Um, I'm gonna steal uh the five people who voted in favor of removing old Nathan Bedford Forrest bust out of the Capitol, Tennessee. Okay, mine are the writers and showrunners. Of the of the show Loki, Jesus Christ was that good? Wow! How is that an unexpected ally of the week? Because Kang is black, and we weren't expecting him to show up. Put the black man in. Oh. The black man is big, but you know it's who good. played him? Who played him? Jonathan Majors. Oh, okay. You like him? Who's your favorite actor right now? Who's That's the hottest? Great question. Who's the hottest male actor? The actor that you go, oh, daddy. Who's like who's that? Idris. Idris, hands down, yeah. Okay, cool, cool. It's like I mean that that that's it. Why is that so shocking? It's like it's like it's because like I I feel like it's more guys that could come up and steal that crown now. Not no 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 diss to Idris. You asked but, me who says who who would I say ooh daddy to ooh, like daddy. who I think is the hottest? Yeah, daddy, daddy, hey daddy, <laughs> Idris, Idris, come here, Stringer Bell, come to me. Come over here, Daddy. Daddy, I that's missed you. That's where it started. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's enough. We don't have any more podcasts. Uh, Rachel, you got anything for him before we jump out of here? Uh, uh, y'all continue to keep Trudy and her family in, in your prayers, your thoughts. Um, yeah. 
Absolutely. Trudy, we love you. We can't wait for you to come back, and we're praying that everything turns out okay. Um, everybody, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I am going to tell you to be careful out there. This virus is it's spinning the block on us. It is back, uh, and we're going to have to be uh, as vigilant as we were before to keep everybody safe. So I hope that you guys will do that this weekend, and we will see you next week. Take your thinking caps off. Do not stop learning. I am Van Lathan Jr. I'm Rachel Lindsay. We are out. 